University of Maryland Global Campus has more than 20 years' experience providing affordable online education to military service members and working adults. Offering low tuition, no-cost digital resources replacing most textbooks, scholarships for those who qualify, and more. Learn more at umgc.edu slash podcast. You're listening to the Biohazard Declassified Podcast. Hello, everyone. Andy and the Biohazard Declassified team here bring you another Biohazard Declassified podcast. We're speaking about something um, we've watched quite recently. Obviously, it's the build-up to uh, the Resident, the launch of Resident Evil Infinite Darkness, which you anticipate to come out mid-July uh, on Netflix. It's going to be a, a new animated series for Resident Evil. Uh, so what we're doing is we're going back through the old Resident Evil animated films, and we're just going we're we're doing a, a retrospective, if you like, on them. Um, last week we did Degeneration, and this week we're going to be doing Damnation. Um, Gentlemen, what, what was your initial thoughts when this first came out? Well, I mean, in 2012, obviously, this is a precursor to Resident Evil 6. Derek, initially give us your thoughts. On, did you see it when it first came out? I would say I didn't actually see it when it first came out. I ended up seeing it much later. Uh, for the longest time, I, just, I only knew about Degeneration, um, which I owned for as long as it was out. But it was only like in the last like four years, I think around the time the two came out, uh, the two remake, rather that I was like, you know what? I'm going to go back and watch all those movies. But that being said, when I did first see it, it was, I actually liked it a lot. I've always liked it and had it, had a soft spot in my heart for it. Evelyn's knocking shit over, but, uh, <laughs> um, I really, I don't know. I just think it's the movie. All the CG movies are pretty good in their own way. Hmm. And that's, that's what, that's what is nice is I've always felt, felt a bit disenfranchised like many fans of Resident Evil when it comes to live action films, but I really felt like mm-hmm. canonically the the Resident Evil animated films worked a lot better, and this one is just straight up a prequel to Resident Evil Six. Matt, what are your thoughts on this being a prequel to Resident Evil Six? Well, I mean, it kind of fits the timeline perfectly. Um, the one thing they did with these animated movies is they made it look so well from timeline from one movie to the actual game that it fits in perfectly. You know, these little scenes and scenarios that can happen within a year or two of what's actually been canonically happening in the games. So to see Leon post four before we get to the big, you know, Leon meeting Chris and six and even parts of five, because this this movie itself is pretty much a homage to five and six. Um, I was excited to see what would happen. I'd like to see what Leon did between those time periods. Um, it was nice getting to see Ada again, because I think at this time it was. The fourth or third, third or fourth game or movie that had Ada in it. So we got to see her character as well, which is really interesting. The Los Plagas was back, which was really big for four and Leon. So it was perfect to have that on screen with them, too. And we got some of our classic creatures like the Tyrant as well as the Liquor. So it was definitely a very good fan service to movie that fit in the timeline of the games. And at the moment, when I was younger, I absolutely loved it. I still enjoy it today. Yeah, no, agreed. And on top of that, um, when we were talking about Resident Evil Degeneration, what we forgot to mention is Degeneration is the only um, entry in the Resident Evil series where, where if Leon's part of it, Ada is part of it. Uh, Degeneration is the only incarnation where that's not the case. So it's quite nice to see Ada return uh, for Resident Evil Damnation. So kicking off the plot, Resident Evil Damnation is set in the the fictitious Eastern Slav Republic. There's a civil war going on. 
between uh, rebels and and the government, if you like. But as ever, there's rumours that the uh, that there's that there's bio weapons on the scene. Um, Leon's been pulled out of furlough. As I said, this is just set just before the events of Resident Evil Six. Leon's just been pulled out of furlough, and he's been deployed into uh, the Eastern Slav Republic. As ever, he's, he's partnered up with Hunnigan uh, from Resident Evil 4, so this will be Hunnigan's second appearance in a Resident... Uh, sorry, third appearance in a Resident Evil series, if you count 4, Degeneration, and now Damnation. And... I completely yeah. forgot she was in Degeneration, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And she kind of... She, at this point, she's kind of... It's, it's You know, this is business as usual for Leon, um, but it becomes apparent mm-hmm. that... There is there is bigger guns at play here. Um, as soon as Leon is deployed, he's he's almost pulled out and uh, uh, reluctant. Uh, re- re- he's very reluctant on pulling out, and actually, he just completely defies orders uh, and chooses and chooses to stay uh, in the Eastern Slav Republic. Now, what is interesting about uh, Damnation is it's even uh, even though uh, Resident Evil Degeneration came out after Resident Evil Four, it had zombies. Um, and at this point in the Resident Evil timeline, uh, zombies were, you know, pre- pretty much a thing of the past. Uh, I think the last zombies game, because Resident Evil Degeneration came out, what, 2009? Um, the last zombies game was probably the remake. Uh, probably, uh, no, it wouldn't be the remake, so it'd be Resident Evil Outbreak uh, would be the last time that we saw zombies in a Resident Evil um, piece of media, if you like. Um, now, in this one, uh, what what we see is it's really hard to ex- explain because they they're Plagas in in spirit, but they do act mm-hmm. like zombies. They, they like the the Plagas that was depicted in Resident Evil Four was very much um, normal people, and and then there's there's almost like a like an on switch, and then all of a sudden they're like just these absolute madmen. Um, whereas mm-hmm. this they they they're, they're completely like devoid of everything. Um, there's a couple of scenes where that's not the case, but for the most part, they're completely devoid of of who they used to be. Like you know, with the villagers in Resident Evil Four, you know, they were kind of still carrying around their duties and whatnot. But in in the Eastern Slav Republic, it very much seemed like they were they they were these weird hybrids of uh, of, of zombies and plagas. They 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 it was it was actually pretty strange. What was your thoughts, uh, Derek, on damnation uh, using using plagas as opposed to uh, traditional zombies, which was in Degeneration. I think, like what you said, it kind of melds. It, it's good to bring... Oh, God, I'm skipping all over. because uh, it, it, it kind of brings the... Uh, you know, like, it brings Leon back into, like, what well, we're... We've kind of now, I think, associated Leon with Plagas to the point where, like, he does a lot of zombie stuff in 6, but I want to say a lot of it is, like, that C-virus or whatever, which is based specifically around the Plagas. Um, so I guess it's kind of like just become his thing. That being said, it is nice that they showed that the Plagas can make normal zombies, which kind of leads into the C virus and how that's derived from Plagas so that it isn't just out of nowhere when you go into six, right? You're like, but I thought Plagas made these, you know, the people like the villagers or the, um, well, the villagers again, but in five, you know, like instead of thinking, oh, that's just how it'll always be this kind of introduces the idea of like, well, the Plagas can also be used to make zombie zombies, you know? So I, I guess it's just kind of nice, like to like have that like through thread for Leon being like, just he's dealing with the Plagas at this point. He's the Plagas guy. Yeah. And, and just Matt picking up on that point. Um, these Plagas 
again, it's, 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 it's not a new concept, but we're, we're seeing controlled Plagas again, a very, very similar, you know, similar to Sadler. Um, but it's almost been used as a, as a tool for good in this film. We actually, we actually see a, a positive use of the Plagas rather than the negative that we saw in Resident Evil 4. What, what, what did you think of that aspect? I mean, it, it was definitely interesting. I mean, anything involving any type of mutation or virus like that, that has like a controlled host we've seen in the Resident Evil history has been used for the wrong reasons. They always have been. They were meant to be bioweapons, and that's what Resident Evil is. I mean, in this case, you get behind a country that's, um, if I remember correctly, they split off from the main, the uh, the main, um, what was the country at that time? So it's it's the Slav Republic, and they became their own republic, which was, I believe, found on a capitalism. Um, so <laughs> they were having resistant users using bioweapons fight back against the their own countries that were trying to, you know, enforce them and enslave them and keep them under tyranny. So this was more of a resistance than an actual terrorist kind of act. Well, I mean, I guess you could still call it a terrorist attack. Um, One man's but, terrorist is another man's freedom fighter, as they say. Exactly. <laughs> Indeed. And the, and the thing is, it was interesting with this because we didn't have a specific host for the Los Plagas. And even though that they were being used as a bioweapon, they felt more feral than anything. Because if you remember four specifically, even down through Sadler and the others that had the individual ability to control the Los Plagas and they would listen to them. In this movie specifically, it's almost like they were just let loose in an area just to see what would happen. And of course, you know, at the point the military does bomb them and that's when the, the United States gets involved they pull out but it's almost like we got to see the los plagas playing that zombie role like they were just released out into the wild let them do what they're going to do they're bioweapons they're going to turn the tides for us make more on our team and see what happens and of course leon gets brought in that's the main reason leon was brought into the mission in the first place which is hilarious at the fact that literally seconds after he lands they're like nope we're pulling out all the american forces we're done we're gone leon was just like no, we're not. Mm -mm. I'm here for a reason. Yeah. But um, but yeah, it, the virus itself in this one did give off more of a zombie feel to it. I mean, obviously, it still showed that they could, you know, transfer from person to person. They could still use, you know, melee weapons and have a small, small portion of intellect when it came to interacting with their environment. But it it's it didn't feel anything compared to what we saw in four. It was unorganized compared to actual organized weapon warfare. You could tell because this was a bunch of rebels that got a hold of something that didn't know how to use it and just let it loose. Completely different scenario. Mm -hmm. So it felt like a real outbreak where village was actually a controlled situation environment. So. So introducing kind of the. Kind of the side characters of this um, and, and the almost the anti-hero, but may may uh, but primary antagonist, uh, sorry, side antagonist. Uh, so obviously you've got Leon S. Kennedy, you have JD who serves as kind of almost a comic relief of, of, of the movie. And uh, you have Buddy, which is a completely out of place name. I don't know why on earth he's called Buddy. Um, <laughs> he's, I, I want to say it's like a shorter name. Hold on. I'll look it up where you're going, but <laughs> now, now what is he would be the funny guy and then JD would be the bad guy, but no, right, yeah. the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> it is actually completely bizarre. But what, what, what is interesting is the, the freedom fighters are infected with the Plagas. And because of that, they're not targeted 
fire the plagas. They're they're all they're, they're completely the 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 real plagas inf- infected uh, people or liquors. They completely ignore them. Um, so I thought that was an interesting that, that was an interesting concept. Um, now, Buddy has the ability to control um, liquors specifically, just at will. He 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 can control it in himself to to make liquors attack you, not attack you. And you see that toward the end of the film. It's absolute, absolute carnage. But um, Derek, what was your thoughts on, on JD as a character? Well, so J, you know, like, I'm trying to think of how, like, organize my thoughts here. It's fine to have a com- comedic relief, but I do like that in having a comedic relief, they also kind of made him, like, the the character that is, like, the heart. The, you know, like, the person who's, like, you like empathize with and stuff like that, which is why like the passing of the flask becomes such a big deal later on. Um, but like how he's like, but, and how he's not just like dumb, like a dumbass. I mean, he is, but like, he's not just like rah, rah, fight the power or whatever. And then it's like, that's all, that's all his only character. He, there's plenty of times throughout the, uh, like the movie where it's like, he's the, he listens to Leon and he's like, you know what? This guy might be right. Like, it's very clear that he's like, not just, along for the ride or rather is just along for the ride, but no, might not necessarily just be drinking the Kool-Aid. You know what I mean? And having that character be like the heart character where like everyone seems to get along with him and everyone connects with him. So anything that happens to him is going to be, you know, is going to hit the audience just as hard. Uh, I think having characters like that is awesome. And I think the kid JD character, while a little bit goofy sometimes and not always likable in general, and comes across as that role very well. Um, again, the flask thing is super cool. Like, it's like a very, like, uh, if anyone's seen Saving Private Ryan, it's very, it makes me think of like the letter um, that becomes like a central plot point. Um, so, I, I, I think that his function in the movie, while not necessarily making him a good character, makes him an interesting part of the movie as a character, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, no, agreed. And, Matt, if we can just pick up on Buddy as a character. Um, he very much, to me, comes across as almost like a, a Slavic Chris Redfield, uh, if I can use that term. He's, um, <laughs> he, he even looks like him. It's, it's actually really bizarre. Um, but yeah, he's a, yeah, I can't explain it. He's almost an anti-hero. I, I, I get Punisher vibes off this dude. Um, sorry, not to cut Matt off. I just want to let you know. His real name is Alexander Sasha Kozachenko. Where buddy, buddy comes sure. from, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure where Buddy comes from. But <laughs> no, like, uh, yeah, I, I 100 get that vibe. He's got all the traits of Chris Redfield. I mean, he's he's the gung ho, get it done, boots on the ground, you know, push for what he believes in kind of individual. And in this situation, it makes him on the outside to the world look like that terrorist. But realizing that, you know, even with JD, like they're characters that are fighting for what they believe in, but give off the aspects that show that they are a good-hearted human being. They do care. They do believe in what they're doing. This isn't something that's just being done to, you know, to rule, to be a tyrant, to to um, actually start the war itself. So Buddy, when we're introduced to him at first, plays the, you know, kind of antagonist-protagonist role where you're not really sure if he's the good guy or he's the bad guy. But, of course, since he's the guy that's opposing Leon, we have to put him in the bad guy corner for the second, you know? And as the movie goes on 
and Leon interacts more and you interact more with the the insurgents themselves, you really get a feel for what these people are for and what they want. And as Leon learns more about the backstory of what actually happened in their situation and their history, more and more you start to, you know, sympathize for this character. You see, he's just been pushed to the edge and the only way he can really think of to fully handle this situation and turn it around is to change to bioweapons. And with everything that's happened after four and five, bioweapons are being sold left and right in the black market to all kinds of different organizations, countries, and governments. So it's not a surprising plot point for something like this to actually be going on and for some cell of that group to get a hold of this type of virus. The only thing that I was about is they never explain in the movie itself how they are in control of the liquors themselves. That's never explained, not once. And you just, just kind of go with it because it's fun. You get to watch a really cool, fun fight scene and stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, the characters are definitely um, anti-hero. They're pushing their beliefs to the extreme, but they're doing it for the right reasons. So it's it makes you interact with the character a lot more. It's not just that black and white. Here's the good guy. Here's the villain like Vendetta or like some of the other classic games you really have a hard time distinguishing with you whether you like or dislike the person. So he's a good character. I wish we had had more of him. But And of course, we do have the primary antagonist, which probably going to butcher it. Is it Svetlana? Svetlana. Svetlana. Yep. Now, Svetlana comes across as a typical, a typical um, politician in many aspects, but you, you learn later in the film, actually, she, she, she's, a bit of ba- she's a bit of a badass, to be honest. She, uh, she, 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 she knows how to throw hands. She certainly knows how to look after herself. Um, Derek, what was your thoughts about, uh, about Svetlana as the, the primary antagonist and, and her role in Damnation? Um, I think it's kind of interesting because she almost like served as like a foil to Ada as opposed to the foil to Leon that Buddy is. So it's like, you know, dark action girl, but Ada's in it for gray morality reasons that are that I don't think we'll, we have, even now understand, even after six kind of closes her like book, as it were. But um, it's she versus Svetlana, who is like pride in country. I, this is exactly why I'm doing this. Uh, morality be damned. I got to do what I got to do kind of character. But they, I mean, that's, it's kind of evidenced in like the, I don't know if I, I can't call it the Oval Office, but you know, like the president's office um, fight scene where it's just like, she's hardcore. She can't like, she Ada can't just do her like fancy flips and kicks and spins and stuff and beat her. Like she does with every other character and everything ever, including Leon. Um, so it's, I like that she serves as a foil to that. And I also like that she kind of serves as like, even though she's like what we would call like the main villain, even her motivations can come across as like more gray or, um, kind of understandable where it's like, there's at least a reason she's doing it. That isn't just power. It's, I think my country can be great type of stuff, which is just an, villain that we don't get in Resident Evil specifically because it's so American centric that you can't really have a character like that except for unless you made the president a villain, you know, which hasn't happened yet. We'll see. But <laughs> um so I just think that she's like a nice addition to the I guess what you call the rogues gallery of Resident Evil in that she's like an anti Ada with like super patriot vibes that you don't really see in the series. 
Yeah, yeah, no, d- definitely agreed. And as I'm watching this, actually, we'll, we'll take a slight sidestep from, from, from characters for the moment. Um, something I'll, I'll just showed a, a clip of it uh, on the live stream. Something that, that we mentioned off air, and I don't know if we have this information to hand, is it seems like this, this, this film was shot or, or developed around, well, obviously it wasn't shot, but it was created around 3D. Um, a lot of the action shots seem very reminiscent of stuff coming towards your face, um, akin to, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm watching it now and there's like a, a knee that comes to your face, a knife that comes towards the camera. Um, do, do we have any information pertaining to that or, or is it just pure coincidence? When I was looking through it earlier, I couldn't find anything. Matt, do you have any information on that or? The, the one thing that you're probably thinking of, which is pretty common, is because Degeneration did, I would say, not subpar, it did good, not great. Capcom added a significant, I mean, Sony added a significant budget to the movie itself. So you can literally tell watching this movie that they put more effort into it. The CGI is better. The graphics are better. And there is a lot more action involved in this movie as well. So um, they had more time to work with the like the actors, the mocaps and everything along those lines. And it, it does get off those vibes if it's like a 3D type movie that you'd see in the theaters. But I think that's just purely based off of how it was filmed and how they how they worked with the actual mocap. Um, mm. Because if you think about it, out of the three movies that we have, uh, this one specifically probably has more action in the last thirty to forty minutes than the other movies do combined. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, well, we will we will get into that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I see stuff that says like 3D Blu-ray, but that doesn't mean it's 3D. It just might be like a miss miss like label for like the cg aspect of it you know i can't find anything that outright is like yeah absolutely it's in 3d but yeah i mean like like you said when we were watching it it'd be like there's like that fight where like leon realizes that svetlana is a badass where he thinks he's got her hostage and like in that fight there like you said there's a scene where it like literally just zooms in on his knee barely missing her leg and it's like like the knees coming at you. And it's like, why do that? You know, like it's, it was a very like interesting choice, essentially. Um, if it's not in 3d, but I, again, he's right. I don't see anywhere that says it's in actual 3d. So it might've been, like you said, just like the way they decided to shoot it gave like a feeling of 3d, but wasn't legitimate 3d. Yeah. It was, those oh, fights too, human on, sorry. Um, specifically the human on human fights too. I mean, like any time that Ada and her are fighting with the knife and the knife cuts really close to the screen or any of their really high kicks. Mm-hmm. I mean, even like the rocket propelled grenades at the end, shooting at the tanks with the tyrants and everything. Um, just the way they specifically framed this one is to be more dramatic, more explosive, you know, more enjoyable to the actual, you know, watcher. Um, Cause if you watch degeneration for what action they have, they're just in the background for it. I mean, like, honestly, you just get to see everything that's happening. They switch over to the first person mode. of you seeing the person shoot a bunch of directions, this is so hands on with, with its combat and its character movement. That's mm-hmm. why it looks like such of a, such a step up because it is, they pretty much put twice the amount of resources and effort into this movie that they did the first one. Yeah, no, agreed. Um, you, something that I've just, us talking now this come out in 2012 which to me in theaters and stuff like that was just um the the big fad was 3d everything was in 3d all the thought all the marvel films 
were in just unnecessary 3D. So maybe maybe it was kind of a design choice to to give it the illusion that it's shot in 3D when it, it in reality isn't. Also, 3D smart TVs were were extremely popular at this time. Right. I, mean, I, I oh. do believe they were supposed to originally, um, and I think it was just the Japanese version. I don't know if it was, was the, it was the theaters. 3D was supposed to be in Japan. Yeah, it, it does look like I was just about to say it looks like there was plans for a 3D release in 2012, but I don't think that America saw the 3D version of it. I think we just saw like, you know, the standard version. That makes sense. That was a big time for 3D. I mean, a lot oh, of yeah. movies were working with. I that. mean, there was even one of the Resident Evil like live action movies was 3D during that time, too. Right. I don't remember which one, but I'm pretty sure one of them was Afterlife. I remember Afterlife being so stupidly <laughs> like in your so- face. About yeah. the 3D, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay, then that makes a lot of sense. They probably never got them released out of Japan, but it still kind of was probably made with that idea partially in mind, you know? Oh, oh, so moving, moving swiftly on, uh, a character I'd like to address now is, of course, uh, the bitch in the red dress, uh, Ada Wong. Um, what was Matt? What was her role in all of this? Is it is it is, is this cookie cutter Raider where she just happens to be where Leon is? What, what what's her backstory uh, in this in this movie? Well, let's be honest. Whether it's cookie cutter Ada or you know whatever reason it would be with Leon, we all have our thoughts. But um, she just happens to be in the right place at the right time for any one of these outbreak situations where something valuable is worth obtaining, whether it's by her own actions or orders. She's always thrown into these types of situations. So I don't think there's a specific reason that Leon's there that would aid the fact that Ada just happened to be in the same area for the same reasons. I mean, let's be honest. Ada's track record is pretend to die, take virus, pretend to die, take virus, drop a rocket for this guy, take virus and leave. It's it's part of her nature from what we know, and it's part of what she's been trained to do. That's what makes her such a good character, because you never really fully understand what she's thinking or why she's doing it. Um, But I do believe that she was placed in this situation because she could be technically a piece in the board to try to stop what was happening in the country. But there was more for her to obtain just than ending a war. You know what I mean? And again, there's some absolutely cracking scenes uh, throughout throughout this movie with Ada and, and fight scenes and whatnot. Um, and again, very last minute, always, always comes to help out Leon in the end. When Leon is at his absolute, you know, you know it could, could end for him. Ada just happens to be there to pull him out of shit once again. Mm-hmm. In this case, it's with a laptop, not a rocket launcher, but... Yeah, yeah, uh, and there are, there are a few plot inconsistencies here and there. Um, obviously, we'll one of them being... Yeah. One of them, and obviously I'd only just realized it speaking with you afterwards, is, is, is the liquors and how are they controlled? And that's never really quite explained. I, yep. my, my biggest theory on that, I guess, because we never, we're never probably going to really know, but I, the best I can imagine is that the liquors are some like Plagas variant of liquors, which would make them what? liquor gammas at this point or sedas whatever i don't know i don't know the greek alphabet enough but um i i that's the only thing i can imagine because there's no reason for a plagas to make it so you can control liquors which are historically a t virus thing 
I mean, actually, this movie did come out after uh, five, though, right? So we we have seen Plagas liquors before. We, in five, the ex- these are the exact design for Resident Evil Five yeah. liquors as well, like uh, liquor betas, I think they were called. Mm. So I guess maybe that's the logic behind it, is that whatever is in a uh, liquor beta that allows them to, like, that, that involves a Plagas allows this other controller Plagas to control the Plagas in the liquor betas. I mean, I guess that's my big, my best guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they literally were just like, look, we just need these guys to be in control of the liquors. We don't need a reason for it. Just let it happen. Everyone's going right. to watch the movie and they're going to enjoy it. All we get is a sense of that by doing this, it puts a lot of strain on their body and eventually it does kill them. So it does mm-hmm. spread the more they use it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, other than that, we just get our standard, you know, run of the mill well, not run of the mill. Like these are like the Russian strong versions of tyrants that are like 30 feet tall, yeah. which I remember seeing for the first time because I actually got the DVD. I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Never expected it. Was mm-hmm. not ready for it. They but, are um, units. Absolute. Yeah. Unadulterated. Those are the big boys. Yeah. They are Man. massive. They knew what they were doing. I think that's a cool thing for Leon as well, because. One, with this movie, it's Leon's second movie. So why don't we throw in a very iconic creature from his second game? And the Lickers, of course, were the first real creature other than the standard zombies that they encountered. As Mm -hmm. well as the Tyrant. If you look at the Tyrant, he looks very, very, very similar similar to the end version of the um, B ending for Leon in the original game. Mm -hmm. So... This game is another big fan service for, you know, not even Resident Evil fans, but fans of Leon as well. And it caters really well to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No, but uh, and that's that's another uh, cool thing about this. And it, it does border fan service, like like unnecessary fan service. We spoke about this off air. Um, and that mm-hmm. is for the first time in in can, canon Resident Evil. Let's not count them. The other, the live action movies for a moment, but in the first time in 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 other Resident Evil media, we've seen, to my knowledge, two enemies squaring off against each other, uh, in fighting, uh, if you will, and uh, cool, it's a it is a sight to behold. It's a bit it's a bit hammy in some sections, but it is a sight to behold. I mean, a liquor, what would win a liquor or 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 Mister Double XL? Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, like, is that, is that Mr. Resident X Magnum? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what Resident Evil fan at some point didn't sit down and be like, History shows America rises to every challenge it faces. Every challenge makes us stronger. We're Americans. We find a way. At Kaufman Funeral Home, we give thanks to God for living in the greatest nation on earth. Take comfort in knowing when you need us, we'll be here for you. We'll put your family's needs first. Kaufman Funeral Home and Crematory. Frontier Drive in Stanton. Online at KaufmanFuneralHome.net.
This holiday season, we all wish for hope and healing. Children and families who spend their holidays at the hospital deserve a reason to believe in first steps, in giggles, high fives, and hugs. For 150 years, Children's National Hospital has provided world-class care and groundbreaking research. Please donate today to help patients and healthcare heroes this holiday season. Visit childrensnational.org holiday. That's childrensnational.org holiday. You know what? I wonder if we pitted a few of these B.O.W.s against each other, what would happen? And this movie was I, like, Pam, I got you. Then they throw like a pack of liquors at the tyrant. The first mm-hmm. time we see it, obviously, the tyrant, you know, shows his dominance, literally just goal squeezes the first shit. But then we get the second fight where a pack of them are fighting him. And it's actually pretty balanced for a little bit. It's interesting mm-hmm. seeing that work in a pack mentality, not fully being controlled, giving their own. I mean. It gets kind of shady because I don't know if he controls the thoughts of every one of them separately or if they're working on their own individual intellects to like work as a pack to take the tyrant down. So that's yeah. a little wish- wishy-washy. But just just this just like the strategy and the tactics of a group of liquors is just terrifying. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine like a Resident Evil game where like you fought more than two of them in a room? Yeah, I, I don't have I don't have to imagine that. That's in Resident Evil 5. Damn it. I hate yeah, that part. Slow, and they were just crawling like, yeah. "Hey guys, yeah. here I come!" Yep, yeah. click, 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 click. <laughs> that <laughs> sound will haunt my nightmares. It could just stand still and be quiet, and then that would work. But yeah, also true. <laughs> um. Oh, it's on the fan service thing though, they also show. Uh, like I think we uh, we talked about it when we were watching it. At least Andy, I think Andy mentioned it. They actually show the tyrant getting delimited too. With like the like all the seals breaking on the like trench coat thing he's got, and yeah, like showing what it looks like, where it just basically like bursts out of it like a banana getting squeezed. Yeah, we'll see if we can um, we'll see if we can pull a clip up for the uh, for the benefit for the reference. But yeah, that was must admit that was a that was a really cool part of the of the f- film because um, we we know that this that, that what his ultimate form is, and to actually see that play out. Um, it's actually really, really special. And um, we've never mm-hmm. seen it before. He fell into a vat of lava in the original Resident Evil 2 and then just kind of stood out and he was in his ultimate form. So it's good to see it kind of all break away and he's like having the mutation to his final form. And again, it's Resident Evil 2 final form. This, this is almost a love letter to Resident Evil 2 in many ways. Yeah, Very much. It, you make a good point with that, yeah. It, the, only way, the only way it could be more is if Claire showed up. Like it's like degeneration and damnation together make like one full Resident Evil love letter, like at movie essentially. Yeah, no, no, agreed. And again, you've you've got this Mister Mister Double XL. You know he is and he is humongous, especially in his final form, uh, and he's mm. catching rockets and shit. It's absolutely the final scene in this. Like even if even if you've not got a lot of time on your hands, just. Just, just go, go online. Uh, Resident Evil D, uh, Damnation is on the UK Netflix. If you're from the UK, I'm sure it's on various streaming platforms. But just watch the final scene. It is just absolutely bananas, and it's. It, I, I'm, I'm for it. I'm, I'm absolutely for it. Oh yeah, yeah I, that rocket, that rocket catch is so good. I don't know what about it just really got me, but he just like grab turn let go and let the rocket do its own thing in a completely different direction just so cool now there are just a few small little inconsistencies like um mr x in his transformed form literally punches leon up into the air 
and punches him again, like 100 feet back into a giant pillar, and then he falls 20 feet. And then Leon's just okay. He's like, oh, that hurt. That sucks. Yeah. And, <laughs> like, the, this this punch would have killed any other person, but plot armor is here. Yeah. yeah you do have to yeah, suspend it's, your disbelief. It's, it's, it's especially since, I don't know if we're, uh, we're hurting about uh, spoilers for Village at this point, but, like, after Village, we got to start asking, is, is Leon a B.O.W.? Ah. <laughs> Let's not go down that road. That's well, not a actually, yeah. you, you, down. Funny enough, you should say this. We all know what oh, happened boy. at the end of Resident Evil 4. Leon was injected with the Plagos, so he had, it, he had it taken out of him. So it's not, mm-hmm. out of, it's not out of the realms of possibility to say that Leon himself has... You, uh, but this has been explored. Like, this theory has been explored. Because right. Sherry Birkin, in Resident Evil 6, if you remember, she was in, uh, in Resident Evil 2, uh, obviously, uh, it, what happened with William, she... Yeah, he messed about of her and, and implanted the G embryo. And she has residual effects from that in Resident Evil 6. Not, it's not out of realm's possibility to say that Leon also has said re- residual effects. I mean, with, and, with, with Sherry, it makes more sense because honestly, it's in her DNA. It's in her blood. It's a virus. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like uh, even the fact that the, the original G mutation is her actual biological gene father which means mm-hmm. her resistance to the actual mutation would be a lot higher than the average human. So seeing her get the antidote and still have those incredible recovery abilities makes sense. It really does. Uh, mm-hmm. For Leon, it's true. He could still have some res- residual stuff happening with Hypthalos Plagas in the games. They've never touched on it. They've never mm-hmm. said anything about it. It's never been in any notes, anything like that. Could be something that he's hiding himself. But I don't expect like an Avengers movie where like, Ethan jumps out and turns into a mold man, and then Chris just like puffs up and becomes a werewolf, and then for whatever reason, <laughs> Leon turns into a bunch of tentacles. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, he he could have some uh, advantages from being infected and then having the virus, so called, just yeah. from his, his system. So I mean, in fairness, I don't know how it works. That that's a thing that kind of has been talked about before. That's I like uh, not exactly a new theory, but like. Okay, so the Plagas gets, like, zapped in this, like, weird, vaguely sexual scene of them getting zapped, right? And then it just becomes particles. Where do those go? <laughs> you know, like, That's also what, true, happens, yeah. what happens when the Plagas gets evaporated? Does it just, like, do they, like, sh- like not to be crashed, but do they, like, shit it out later? Right? Like, it's like, what, what happened to the Plagas material that's now in them? Right. It makes, it makes more sense for the body to absorb it. So, right. Exactly. Which would give you like half and half thing, like you said. I didn't expect this to be like a uh, conspiracy theory like talk, but I'm happy it got there, to be honest, well, because it's, this is a very interesting thing that we're touching on now. Well, <laughs> we only have Resident Evil Village to blame for that. Yeah. Village definitely like went full on. Like it was kind of funny because I remember as I'm playing Village, like it kind of became like a joke that ever, like there's theories, but like there was always the joke of like, Oh, I got my arm split in half. Let's just pour on some like green herb juice and it'll be fine. And like throughout village, you're just kind of accepting that because they're like, it's Resident Evil. People get cut up into pieces and then just spray themselves and are fine anyway Mm -hmm. uh, all the time. But in this time, it's kind of funny that for eight was the first time where they're like, listen, this doesn't work. That's not how this works. (laughs) (laughs) You can't just pour green shit on your body and heal yourself. There's a reason this guy survived. 
Like right, even, exactly. Even Jill got nemesis. I don't know if she's got tentacles coming out places we don't know about. I don't think that's going to be too congruent to the plot. But in fairness, we only see her once after canonically after three, and it's when she's all brainwashed and she's beating the absolute hell out of Chris by doing flips and shit. True. Like a, hmm. she's like a weird like spandex ninja. And and again, she had, amazing, she, had the, she had a variation. She must have had the variation of the Plagas stuck on her chest as well. So she must have residual uh, effects of the Plagas virus. That's true I'm, because she got it from Nemesis. That's right. I'm split on whether it's something Wesker did personally to enhance her or if the thing that was feeding her that also was feeding her her ability and adrenaline and stuff as well. Yeah. We and never even to see her do anything crazy after that fight. So we, right. we really don't know. Even if that's not the original intent, it is a possibility going forward now that they've kind of established the like idea of like, OK, sometimes you don't just stop having the thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, although in this case, it was kind of a, it's a special case in that you always had the thing and you just didn't know until the end of eight. But still, regardless, um, they've now opened that door for possibilities, which is now a whole thing of like, okay, who, who do we have to wonder if they're fully human anymore? Right? Like we've got Jill, we've got, uh, Leon, uh, Ashley, technically, um, I'm trying to think if there's anyone else. I mean, Sherry is more proof that that's not always the case. And it's the same with, uh, Jake in that Jake has something from Wesker that is just there. I remember he take like in the beginning of, his story, he takes that like what they would told him was a combat drug, but was actually like a virus test. And it just does nothing to him. He's like, hmm, that's weird. This didn't do anything. <laughs> so now, now it makes now. Now we've got all these people that were like, all right, who could be a super soldier? The least likely person to be a super soldier is Chris, the most super soldier like one. <laughs> well, actually, oh, Claire, Claire's read not had anything done to her. She's, she's no, come out Redfields pretty, are pretty a pure bloodline. <laughs> The yeah. Redfields <laughs> remain a pure bloodline. The red, the red yeah, that's that's oh man, that's a, <laughs> what a thought. Circling, oh, circling back round to to the kind of the the endpoints of damnation. Something that stuck out to me. There's a there's a scene. There's a scene with Buddy and Leon, um, toward the end. They're both sharing a moment after after the final boss battle, and uh, Leon obviously knows what's. Um, he knows what's what's upcoming, effectively, uh, with, with the Plagueis. And instead of letting Buddy take his own life, he he shoots he shoots him and actually severs his spinal cord because uh, that's the only way that the virus, uh, the, the, excuse me, the Plagueis can can take control of the host. Obviously, a couple of questions here. Obviously, Leon <laughs> Leon must have been very very accurate to shoot him in the front. Dodge all major organs and hit his spinal cord. I would have got at least got the man to turn around first, uh, and maybe face, well, m- maybe lay on the floor. And do we know it, where the plagas ends up? Let's yeah. say, do and, we know where the plagas ends up? That's a question that we see it, but it's an, in an X-ray, so we don't know. Like, is it in front? Is it in behind? Like, where is the plagas? <laughs> but 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 also, why didn't Leon do this to himself? Because surely in four, yeah, yeah. Why why did he do it to himself? Maybe he did. Well, to be fair, in four they didn't know how it worked. But in the end of four, you know, they go to the machine and they see an X-ray. And remember, uh, Leon has to do it, do the surgery to Ashley, and vice versa. 
So maybe Leon was like, I remember, I remember looking at this x-ray of Ashley and I remember where the Plagas is. And I remember even if I don't hit the Plagas, I can at least cut off where the Plagas like tethers in, which I think is like somewhere into the rib cage. If I remember correctly, I, I could try and hmm. put, find a picture and send it to the group. Hold on. Let me look. I'm going to get choppy for a second, but. Did he not have the intelligence to not shoot him in the spine? It was just simply that at that point, his information on the virus was very, very limited. Yeah, so. he didn't even really understand what it was until, uh, like, until he like in the island anyway, right? So it's like, oh, I know there's a thing here. There has to be a way to remove it. I'm going to go find that rather than just like, well, there's only one option left, you know, like. <laughs> uh moving toward the, the the end of the film it then becomes apparent why leon was meant to be pulled out of the the eastlav republic and that's because the us and the, the and russia were going to do a joint venture anyway to uh, to effectively overthrow the uh, and and restabilize the, the the region um but that did that does leave and it's a, it's a really great shot of Leon at the end wearing his like combat vest, uh, combat shirt, and he's sitting pouring himself a drink, and he's so disassociated with with like the US at the moment. Um, it almost feels like Resident Evil Six, Resident Evil Six Chris, where he's just yeah. like yeah. on the cusp right of being down Vendetta. on his luck. Yeah, yeah, and then Vendetta le- kind of leaps off of that because Vendetta's after six, I believe. So. They both so that, their drinking phase. It's understandable given their situation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And of course, that means that the, uh, I forgot, Svetlana actually ends up stepping down from the Eastern Slav Republic as its, as its leader uh, and effectively hands over the reins to the Americans and the Russians. I think that was, it was alluded mm-hmm. to. Yep. And then we're, we're, we're pretty much, we're pretty much at, at the end of the film now, and you get some really cool scenes from Resident Evil Six, um, mm-hmm. kind of leading out, leading out the trailer, uh, because obviously that's now Resident Evil Six is starting. So overall, I was—I mean, we've we, we've caught—we're fortunate that we caught up on it just before we started uh, recording this recording this stream. Overall, I thought the movie was very good. I think it's definitely better than the live, well, absolute cut above the live action films. I think live action films does a great job of creating its own universe, but also tries to have its cake and eat it with fan service. It's actually the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. Whereas this is more canonically true to the, uh, our traditional resident evil. Um, Derek, what was your thoughts on the film as a whole? I, I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, I think that we talk about there's good fan service and bad fan service um, all the time. I think that you basically hit the nail on the head as far as the live actions go is that they wanted their cake and they to eat it too, where they're like, look at all these cool iconic characters and uh, monsters and stuff, but forget why you love them. Just watch them do things in our world. And I think that that is never going to be the case. Well, it helps that the CGI movies are canon to the games as opposed to like the movie verse. But the having that canon connection also means that you can do stuff in the random interims between games that are like, well, nothing really happened in this time. That can't be true. So let's just shove a conflict into the, I mean like infinite darkness takes place like right after four, I think, which is like, 
This holiday season, we all wish for hope and healing. Children and families who spend their holidays at the hospital deserve a reason to believe in first steps, in giggles, high fives, and hugs. For 150 years, Children's National Hospital has provided world-class care and groundbreaking research. Please donate today to help patients and healthcare heroes this holiday season. Visit childrensnational.org holiday. That's childrensnational.org holiday. The skills and credentials you need for the career you want are within reach at University of Maryland Global Campus. An accredited state university, UMGC offers online courses, personalized advising, lifetime career services, and more. Visit umgc.edu slash podcast. At between four and six, the only things that happened to Leon so far were this movie. And I don't even think Degeneration had happened yet. I think Degeneration is right before four, if I remember correctly. So uh, it's like... Or, or it might be right after. Before. So it's, well... Which makes okay, even less so then, sense, actually. Because we were talking yeah, about in the previous one, in the previous stream um, about Degeneration, we don't know when Infinity Darkness is actually going to fit in that timeline. Um, mm-hmm. Because what, what I was saying was, um, obviously we know Claire and Leon are going to be Infinite Darkness. Now it makes... It, uh, the way Leon acts in Degeneration, it makes sense if in Infinite Darkness, you know, if they meet up again, it's like, dude, we really need to stop meeting up because like every time we meet up it seems to be some sort of bioterrorist incident. We just need right. to stay away from each other. It's almost like reverse, you know, like um, the film Hancock where like the oh, people yeah. come together, the, the superheroes yeah, come together, it makes them weaker. Um, they just yeah, need to stay they're apart. forced to always like clash again. Like they're always forced to come back together. Yeah. <laughs> Odd reference, but it kind of fits It's so good. It's a good movie. Um, but yeah, no. So um, I guess now, yeah, you do, do raise a question that between four and six, Leon is involved in three more bioterrorism incidents in that case, because it's in it's degeneration. It's going to be infinite darkness and it's going to be uh, damnation. So it's like, I guess they were just like, Leon's not doing anything for two games, right? Or like for a, a span of two games, technically end of four to beginning of six. So it's like, screw it. Let's, throw Leon in as much stuff as possible in that time, time span. But um, as a movie on its own, I really love it. Um, I do like the, something that we oh, didn't, we just kind of barely touched on. And is the connection to six is that this movie explains the C virus on it uh, unintentionally or intentionally, because in the end we see Ada with one of the, those Plagas samples, which I think they had a name in the movie, but I can't remember it. Um, but the, you know, like the, the Slav kingdom Plagas and she's like trying to give it to the highest bidder essentially. And that basically is like, okay, so we know that the Plagas are turned into the C virus somehow. Wh- how and why basically this is that one connection point where it's like, okay, this is the virus sample or the Plaga sample that ends up becoming the C virus and why it is tied into this movie in the, in a way almost where like Leon is the bystander for this movie, even though he's the main character. As far as plot relevance, he is the least important character. He just kind of happens to be there, um, which is, I think, I, not to like really go off on a tangent, but like one the, one of the best things that this movie did was handcuff Leon and take him out of the action for a hot second, because it really wasn't about Leon. The story had nothing to do with Leon, and Leon just happened to be there. It was all about the Eastern Slavic Kingdom and why Eight is there to get the Plagas to sell, and so that's like taking him out of the fight for like a good middle of the movie where he's like in the church and everything. 
I think that was one of the best things they could have done. So overall, I think the movie does a great job of expanding the universe and giving our boy Leon some time to do some badass stuff, but not making it super consequential for him so much as just the universe as a whole. Yeah, I don't think that's an um, unreasonable analysis of of the film. I think it's it's definitely necessary. I don't. Th- I, I didn't watch this film being like, do you know what? This is I could do without not watching this film. But I thought it was. I thought it, it really stands on its own two feet. And going back to the live action and and the uh, the animated films, it's it's clear that Capcom has so much more involvement in the. The animated films. I'm just pumped it off to a third party, like with the with the um, with the live action films. They've got real creative control of this. You can definitely tell that. I mean, even even up to include it. I know this crosses over into degeneration, but even using the same voice actors, um, Matthew Mercer is is Leon in this one, and he reprises his role in six. Same as Zader, it's the same. It's the same voice actor, Courtney. I can't remember her last name. Um, obviously, they're, they're they're the only two characters that car- uh, I, I can't remember if Hunnigan is the same voice actor. I'm imagining that would be the case. It, this 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 was released shortly after six, and Hunnigan's in six, so it makes sense if if that's also the case. Cordy uh, Taylor, I believe she is. Hmm. Matt, what were your what was your overall thoughts on Resident Evil de- uh, Damnation? So um, I I did enjoy it. I did think it was good. Um, it's it's definitely fan servicey, which is absolutely fine. It's a Resident Evil movie. It's an animated movie. It's based in the game's timeline, so that's completely fine. The plot was basic enough to make it work in a real world situation where bioweapons would absolutely be used by another country to make them stronger. And you could have insurgents and, you know, countries fighting over whatever political reasons that they had. So, I mean, it's definitely plausible. Uh, it doesn't go head over heels, making it a like a mysterious uh, question of what's happening during the movie. Like the players are set up right at the beginning. You have your triangle of the resurgence and then the resistance. You have the government and the main officials and the president. And then you just have Leon being involved in the middle of this. So, you know, from the beginning who the bad guys are, other than, of course, your your idea of what Buddy is in this situation. Um, so it gives us a good amount of plot. Um, it gives us some decent characters, plenty of action. It's just a fun flick and it connects well in between the timeline of Resident Evil four as well up to five and six. It fits in there nicely. Just another little adventure for Leon to be on. It's just, it's for the fans. It's just to have a good time. It's not meant to be a stupidly overpowered plot that you have to really think about. It's always been bioweapons. Resident Evil will always be bioweapons. And this movie is a very common reference to it. So it's good. And, and, and speaking of references, we'll do a bit of trivia here. Um, not once is Umbrella mentioned in this entire film. Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was interesting. They always, they always reference Raccoon City, the Raccoon City incident, Umbrella, pharmaceutical. It, was, it wasn't really a lot of that, to be honest. This, this film was actually probably the only example of that. Yeah, I don't think they say anything about TerraSave or TriCell as well. I don't think they touch on any of those. Any of the major player organizations, yeah. And I know that's not the case in Vendetta. I'm pretty sure they mentioned at least one of them. I think TriCell gets mentioned in Vendetta, so... Mm. Yeah, TriCell. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, a couple couple more references, um, just stuff that I picked up on 
uh, just researching about it, uh, the Ada voice actor, whose name has again escaped my mind, Courtney Courtney Taylor Taylor Courtney Taylor. <laughs> Um, yeah, <laughs> was the main character of Fallout Four. She was the sole survivor voice actor. Um, for the if oh. she chose to be a female in the in the main campaign, and Matthew Mercer was McCready in Fallout Four. Oh, uh, <laughs> okay. Just, That's just, awesome. just a, yeah, just a couple of little tidbits me me from from researching. Obviously, as ever, uh, Resident Evil does exceptionally well. In um, in in Japan, uh, Buyer has the damnation, uh, gross grossing two million at the Japanese box office. Um, Love to see it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's it's almost a, it's it's almost its own culture out in um, in Japan. It's, it's 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 interesting seeing how how Japanese media take to Resident Evil and and what what an, a phenomenon it is really mm-hmm. yeah, in, in Japan. Yeah, it is. It is kind of surprising because over here it's not necessarily small by any means, but it's not a huge deal either. I mean, the movies, unfortunately, like for us who like the games first, the movies were wildly popular for their time, but they lost popularity over time anyway because even the people who like the movies and don't know anything about the games stopped liking the movies. So it's like it has its own culture here, but it's not nearly as big as it, the culture in Japan is. Mm-hmm. Mm. Agreed. Another another um, note, just just picking up on on our point. Um, for some reason, a lot of crossover with Fallout Four of all things. But um, the uh, Sally uh, Safiotti, who is the voice actor for Hunnigan, is the uh, has played Hunnigan in every single incarnation, including Resident Evil Four. Okay, awesome. And was uh, the female Raiders, Alyssa Park, and the female Sim, uh, Simps in Fallout 4. Damn, all three of the, like, returning players then. Well, yeah. Fallout 4 came out around the time period that most of these were becoming more well-known, didn't it? Great. And usually big companies like that, especially if they can save costs, will work with the same voice actors. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, it's a different thing with the pandemic, but... I mean, back at that time, the amount of money they could be saved to bring on similar voice actors for similar projects at the same time frame mm-hmm. would be very beneficial for them. They're probably they well known and good. Yeah, if they were if they were just kind of becoming big, they were probably still non-union, too, which cuts down costs. Yeah, so that's they got a the, huge, they, they that's milked a huge them for thing. as much as they could before they got to the big the big time. Yeah. I guess the would be. That's that's unfortunately. I mean, Nick is amazing, and I'm not upset that Nick Apostolita is is Leon now. But that's why Matt Mercer isn't Leon anymore. Unfortunately, is because of he's in the union. He's union now, and they try to cut costs sometimes when it comes to voice actors. Is that is that overly common in in the voice acting circles? Uh, in 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 Japanese stuff, especially um, like the, not like Japanese companies making stuff it's the english version of japanese things like the localizations oftentimes if it's not like the the one or two big anime companies any anime or uh game will probably end up with non-union uh voice actors yeah you can't go through one or two of those shows and not hear similar voices from everything Mm -hmm. else you've watched it just it doesn't happen right i mean to put in perspective when uh, this is a weird tangent but Bear with me. When Persona 4 first came out on the PS2, Troy Baker voiced one of the main characters, Kanji. When they did the follow-up game, the dancing game, like some six years later, they hired Matt Mercer instead. 
not con not uh Troy Baker because Matt Mercer was cheaper by then because obviously Troy Baker blew up with mm. with Bioshock and everything like that. Troy Baker became so big that he became union and expensive. So they were like, well, then we'll just go with Matt Mercer, who for a long time, I don't know if you remember, was basically the cheaper poor man's Troy Baker for a hot second. Yeah, no, thank you. Well, thank you for that, because I, did, I, I knew none of that. It's, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting how I wonder if it's the same as applied to uh, live action. Uh, sorry, the mocap and whatever. If it's just mm-hmm. completely through the board. Yeah, I'm not sure on that one, because a lot of voice actors nowadays do their own mocap, actually, um, which is why a lot of the English voice actors for Resident Evil 8 were also doing their own voice acting. I think Nick himself. No, not Nick. Uh, well, actually, I guess for Re- Remake 2, I think Nick probably vo- did uh, his own mocap. But I want to say the person who voiced Chris also did his own mocap for um, Village and stuff like that, because Resident Evil is almost entirely English anyway. Um, so. <laughs> Yeah, I, I want to say it, seven was the first one that had Japanese, or maybe six was. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, I was just going to say it's it's interesting we're talking about union and non-union because mm-hmm. Alison Alison Court was mm-hmm. Claire Redfield from 1998 until literally 2019. Mm-hmm. Oh, 21 years she was she was Claire Redfield. It, it it's bizarre that they. And again, love Stephanie Pan- Panicello. Mm-hmm. I think she did an absolutely fantastic role, and she's going to smash it out of the park as we expect her to with Infinite Darkness. But I- I'm surprised that they, I mean, they-, they-, they went through Leon voice actors like fucking Hot Meals for a second, but, but they seemed to be consistent. And then mm-hmm. it just got pushed off the table. Yeah, it got pushed off the table, and that's it. No more Alison Court. Mm-hmm. And I, I do wonder about that. I do wonder about that because is Jill the same scenario? Was it the same Jill voice actress? I don't actually know for sure, but was Jill the same voice actress in uh, five as she was in the originals? Oh, very much doubt it. I thought I figured it probably wouldn't be the case, but I just it is surprising then that Claire was consistent all the way from the original game, essentially to Revelations, Two. you know, yeah, Revelations Two. And then isn't anymore. I wonder if it was like, hey, we're making the remake, but we're going to cut costs in the voice actors thing. Because, again, no offense to either Stephanie or Nick, but they were there for relatively. Let him catch it. Marvels of Marvels of technology. Realism. We may or may not have done. Getting back for a second. Okay, we may have we we may have lost uh, <laughs> our friend. The the, the pioneers <laughs> of uh, the 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 pros and cons of recording live. Well, about about just wrapping up now. Um, overall, Degen- uh, Damnation was a fantastic movie, and um, yeah, stick around because we're going to be uh, next week. We're going to be covering the final of the of the animated films, which is Resident Evil. Uh, Vendetta. Again, you can watch all of these if you're in the UK on Netflix, and I'm imagining um, you can watch on Hulu or Amazon Prime or something like that in in, in other territories. Um, my name's Andy. This has been Biohazard to Classify. Thanks to uh, to Matt and Derek for for accompanying me on this journey. 
as we cover all of the animated films in the run-up to Resident Evil Degeneration. Thanks again, guys. Look after yourselves, and hopefully I'll see you all in my next podcast. This holiday season, we all wish for hope and healing. Children and families who spend their holidays at the hospital deserve a reason to believe in first steps, in giggles, high fives, and hugs. For 150 years, Children's National Hospital has provided world-class care and groundbreaking research. Please donate today to help patients and healthcare heroes this holiday season. Visit childrensnational.org slash holiday. That's childrensnational.org slash holiday.